Blog Talk Radio. Now, Blog Talk Radio Show. NASCA is the National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. My name is Victoria Kelly, and I'm your host for this meeting, and my co host is Ann Mark. Uh, we are in scan number 3152. I'm excited to introduce to you our special guest this evening. However, first, we have a single purpose at NASCA to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect. We do so only two goals. One, educate the public, especially related to help society get over the taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, CSA, presenting facts showing a child abuse in a t- pandemic worldwide problem that's everyone. And then to offer help and healing through numerous paths, providing many services to survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. Again, we are on stand number 3152. And just so you know that the 3,152nd episode, which means we have all those back archive shows that people can listen to. Um, and also, if you'd like to be a part of the panel this evening, please call 646-595-2118. And my co-host, Annie, will meet you on the back line and ask if you'd like to uh, ask a question or have any comments um, to say to our guests. We'd love to have you join us and support our guests. Uh, You can access any of our past shows by going to www.naasda.org and searching for the scan number of the show you wish to access, or you can go to the website and also find um, past shows that we've had. Now, our special guest this evening is uh, Reverend uh, Henry McGrath, and uh, we're using an open mic forum, and we feature a survivor professional um, who will field topics brought to the episode by you, the listener. So Reverend Henry uh, or Hank McGrath from Caroga Lake, New York, a child abuse survivor, author, and NASCA volunteer. Hank began life in a poor Irish family with four siblings in New York. Both parents were alcoholics. At 11, he was hustling to survive in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania with bookies, pimps, and prostitutes. Dangerous for a child alone. Eventually, he served time in the juvenile detention system and as a young child, I'm sorry, as a young adult in prison for crimes he committed. After decades of hard living in near-life-death situations, he began facing his childhood trauma through the 90s happily married. When his beloved wife died from cancer in 2001, Hank promised to fight for other 
in the issues of child abuse. Since then, he has worked with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children as a court advocate for youth and more. Today, Hank is a manager and is very active in his community. On these episodes, we welcome various co-hosts, schools, and fielding questions, and a variety of topics suggested by you, our call-in participants. Their trauma-informed perspectives survivor professionals will help and guide discussions on the issues of child abuse, trauma, and healthy human sexuality that spring from questions and topics, again, brought to you by our listeners. Everyone's invited to engage in tonight's show, and uh, also please visit the NASCA.org website because uh, we have a whole bunch more programs. We have the Blog Talk Radio show is on Monday through Friday night. Um, the same time each night, and we have um, a whole bunch of information with a whole bunch of other resources and information for all kinds of stuff. So, without further ado, uh, Reverend Hen- um, Henry, you uh, have the floor here because you're a special guest, and uh, if you've come prepared again, just as always, thanks. You're welcome, and thank you very much for the introduction. Uh, hopefully, we can... We can omit a lot of that information in the beginning from now on. Um, I know it sounds cool and everything, but um, uh, there's two topics uh, I'd like to bring up today. Okay. Uh, One, if people go to the uh, uh, Facebook groups page under uh, NAASCA, you'll see three new posts for me, research materials that are quite shocking. I, I, I got quiet there to make a point. Um, what makes it so quite shocking is it's three separate cases, and there's dozens of cases like this. It's not something off the wall. It's been happening for years that are police officers that actually raped or sodomized or molested victims. So the first topic is going to be about what to do uh, if you're in a circumstance where you were extorted by a police officer to give sex, you were raped by a police officer or a correctional officer in jail, or uh, 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 groomed and uh, uh, molested by someone of authority. There's a lot of it going on there. Uh, You know, what makes an abuser is like a science. We don't really know. Some of these people seem like normal people, but they're not. The desires are off the wall, quite like what we have today with mentally ill all of a sudden getting awards, you know, guys getting an award for being the best woman of the year. We're at a mentally ill period. It's during these kind of periods under the suns, the moons, the stars, when there's no God, there's no religion, there's no real morals, there's no principles, there's no values that you go to the authorities and you have to be on guard. You cannot trust them. I'm sorry to say you cannot trust them. Trust comes from someone's actions, knowing someone's actions. If you know a fireman 
You know that if you have a fire, the firemen will arrive and put out the fire. Pretty much. Okay? So it's very hard when you have to call the police and prostitutes and other people involved with sex uh, for sale or, or have been raped will tell you that they've been accosted by police, that police don't believe their stories. You know, in most cases, rapable woman is having intercourse with her or some kind of sex with her that she didn't want at the time. They could be a prostitute yep. that makes $1,000 a week. And that one mm-hmm. guy beat her up and took mm-hmm. it from her. That's rape. All right? Mm-hmm. In New York State, there's state rape. You buy a girl a beer, you go have sex mm-hmm. with her, she can now accuse you of, mm-hmm. of using, you know, uh, intoxicants in order to uh, take physical mm-hmm. advantage of her. So what do you do? Like, the, let, me, let me just uh, lightly mention these three cases, all right? Cop gets 14 years for responding to child rape case by raping the child himself. True story. Oh, my God. Mm. True story. If everybody went to the Facebook page, they'll see what I mean. He was just sure. convicted. This is new, too. This mm-hmm. guy looks like a great state trooper. I mean, how would you ever believe it's showing one picture where he's getting his award put on his chest and another picture yeah. where he's crying because he's the victim, you know, he's the victim he's of some Yeah. Yeah, Cop he got gets 25 years after mm-hmm. his own department busted him running a horrifying child porn ring. Mm-hmm. Not just raping and sodomizing children and molesting children. Rando ring. Yeah. Okay. Um, then you have another case where Dare Cop gets decades in prison for busting young boys for weed and raping them afterwards. Mm-hmm. What's most amazing in this case is he actually raped and sodomized them in the schools, in public places, mm-hmm. even in the driveway of one kid's own home. Using the power of authority To do this for years This went on for years We're not talking about one kid We're talking about many, many, many children All right Well, you know, a lot of people bring that up to me You know, um, probably you could surprise But also, you know, like Oh, this stuff's happening more and more and more I said it happened all the time We didn't have Facebook We didn't have Twitter We didn't have this where the news just comes Snap, snap, snap before, you know, you had to wait till it came in the paper, and they could only put things in the paper, and then they had to hide everything because of, you know, show bad out of that area. I mean, there was just so much that quelched everything even more. Now it's just, you know, coming out faster and quicker and goes around faster because of the technology we have. That doesn't mean that it's getting worse. That just means that we're becoming more aware of it. And what do you think on that? Yes, well, when it comes to police, right, um, it, it all comes to surface now more. Police are normal human beings to a degree. They have their own mental problems. You could take 15 police and pull out I. I would. I personally would. And this is no um, a comment that NASCAR is making. This is me from my experience. Mm-hmm. I'd maybe pull out two that don't have a mental illness. The others are on steroids. Well, they got an attitude. They've been bullying somebody. kids. 
or they're 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 a potential rape subject. Um, I mean, they got one of the highest degrees of divorce mm-hmm. than any working field police, mm-hmm. and it's not because mm-hmm. they're out chasing burglars all the time. That's TV stuff. Mm-hmm. It's because they have problems, emotional, psychological problems. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I do want to make a comment that somebody has a mental health issue or is diagnosed with a mental health issue does not make them a sexual offender, does not make them violent. I've been, I've been mental illness all my life, and I don't hit people, and I don't hit children, and I don't beat my dog, and then, you know, abuse my partner. I mean, just because somebody has a mental illness, to me, that if they're using that as an excuse, that's all it is, a damn excuse. Because if you well, know how you're acting, yeah, you need to get told and not you. No, listen, listen, listen. I, I hear you, Victoria, right? But it's a mental illness, all right? Pedophile is a, a mental illness, all right? It's not an excuse. These it's are sick crime. people. It's, just, it's a crime. They have not. It's a mental illness, it's, though. It's a crime. Okay. I don't, you I, don't call store, I don't call robbing a store mental illness. I call it a crime. You commit a crime. Just like uh, uh, dressing up like a woman and lap dancing on a little child, all right? You are mentally ill thinking you're a woman, first of all. And second of all, you are grooming the child and abusing the child doing that. That should be a crime. But you have a mental illness. These people are not proper. They don't have virtues and principles that function on a normal level. So it's not an excuse. The point I'm making is some of these police have mental illness, but you don't mm-hmm. see it. All right? You mm-hmm. don't see what their illness may be. Some may, it may be uh, 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 anger issues. That's a mental illness. It's not a, you know, mm-hmm. something that just passed me by. I just got angry today. That's all. I'm talking about serious mm-hmm. anger issues. Yeah. Um, another do you think one of the problems the, might be that people have a hard time asking for help if they do recognize say they have anger issues or, um, you know, listen, they feel, listen, you know. They, I know they one, one time on the show you said none of us. None of us are licensed. I'm a licensed, certified neuro-linguistic programming practitioner. That's okay. a therapist, all right? Okay. And I'm telling mm-hmm. you, these are sick people, all right, who commit these crimes, they're mentally ill, all right? Yes, I know. So I'm not going to minimize any of it. You know what I mean? You put on a badge, etc. there's nothing in, in, in the system that can weed those kind of people out until they commit the acts. Now, the problem yeah. here is I've worked with both sides, criminals and authorities. And mm-hmm. that blue line protects criminal activity. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to imagine in that one case with a guy for over 20, 30 years has been molesting children that, mm-hmm. I mean, bring it. He has reports in the police station that they did on him years ago that he was bringing yeah. kids home, underage children home, Victoria, and letting mm. them use his, uh, what do you call it, naked in, in the tub, one of them uh, saunas. Yeah. Yeah, nothing what surprises me. 
Well, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to tell you. See, the blue line mm-hmm. protected them. If I worked there and was part of the psychiatric division there, all right, he wouldn't have a job. So I got a question. Uh, with the, with the, um, I just have a question about this. So did they really have a whole lot back in, in like, where maybe he first started whatever he was doing? Um, kind of, you know, psychiatric help back then that they can identify, you know, was there even anything that would have alerted anybody to take is, it, you know? Yeah, I'm trying to answer. There is no, absolutely no known cure for pedophile, pedophilia. Right. No known cure. All you right. can do is monitor them. 24-7, and tell them right. nice things like, if you feel that you desire the children when you're sitting mm. in the playground, pack up mm. your little paper bag with toys in it and leave. That's yeah. about it. That's all they can do. Yeah. You understand? There's no oh, medicine, no cure. Mm. All right? I... And, there, and there's not a lot of cure for a lot of medications or for a lot of uh, all kinds of mental illnesses. Some are crisscrossed. Mm-hmm. Bipolar, mm-hmm. schizophrenia, or there's all kinds of crisscross mm-hmm. stuff going on there. All right? Yeah. But what I'm talking about is authorities. You should not yep. feel totally, you should not feel totally uh, safe until mm-hmm. their actions begin to show that they're doing something about it. Mm-hmm. If they look at yeah, you and say, how can I help? wonder why. A lot of survivors don't don't have a whole lot of trust, you know. If and and we get you, we don't have trust, but yet we had already figured that abuse. I'm talking <laughs> about like, victims, not, not survivors. If if they look at you and say, mm-hmm. "How can I help you, sweetie?" You don't want to talk to that person no more. Talk Thank to you. someone yep. else. Yep, red flag. And and if you suspect, you can't just. Uh, um, if you start getting word that police are down with this, see, sometimes prostitutes and uh, hustlers and, you know, other people, they they look the other way, just like the cops do. Mm-hmm. And they allow this stuff to perpetuate until it eventually victimizes a friend of theirs or it victimizes them. So they're all yeah. the same part of the problem. All right. Immorality. Mm-hmm. Breeds immorality, all right? But yeah. I'm talking about if you're a victim, a child, all right, is who I'm talking to, not necessarily adults. Um, well, we have and, to take And you children. have to go to the authorities. Right. Excuse me. And you have to go to the authorities, all right? Uh, it, it's much better. Uh, you could feel safer if you go to the state police or you call your local FBI field office or you call one 800 Call FBI, 1-800-CALL-FBI. So if you feel that that um, you're being uh, uh, abused or um, um, uh, molded into being involved in sex with, a, with an officer and, and you're a child or you've been victimized, that's who you want people to call, 1-800-CALL-FBI, okay. all right? And then who does that so go straight that to the FBI? Yeah. If you're, if, if you're a child. Now, children have access to phones now. Yeah. If they can't get mine, they'll get yours. Yeah, but they it's don't have easy. resources. And all these things. 
In most all cases, unless you're a kidnap victim, you can get to a phone. No, but you can get to a phone, but you don't know where to call if you get to a phone. I just told you. Yeah. FBI. Put, put it on your website. Put it on your page. Put it on your Facebook. Uh, you know, pass the word out. If you feel that the okay. local police cannot be trusted, all right, uh, because they're doing things to you or a friend of yours, call the FBI. Okay. Don't, don't fuck around with it at all. Burn them. Yeah. Burn the police. Right. Call the FBI. No mercy, no, no friendship in this. Go get them. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the way it rolls right there. Yeah, you know? I agree. Don't, don't tell your local prostitute on the street because it won't make a difference. Yeah. She'll find or your paper check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, just stick with me, honey. And uh, See, I grew up in all that, so I know. Yeah. Just stick with me, honey, and I'll give you some safer tricks or whatever, or they get a different uh, uh, pimp, you know, that is supposed to protect you or whatever. That's, this is not what I'm talking right. about. I'm talking about innocent little children, all right, being abused mm-hmm. by the system like those three cases. None of them yeah. kids were working the streets. None of them kids mm-hmm. were bad kids, all right? Well, I don't so think there's any bad kids, in my opinion. <laughs> that's topic one. Well, yeah, there are, there are some that genetically are, uh, they got problems. All right? All kids ain't great. That's why we got a bunch of bad ones. Mm. Um, mm. The second topic I was going to bring up is, is the mentally ill running wild, attempting to be imaginary victims, thereby shading or blindsiding actual victims, such as in the case of child abuse. Now, I, I, I think it was last month or the month before that several times, I've talked about trigger, you know, that that's, to me, it's an annoying phrase because if everything triggers you, you know, lock the F in. Don't read anything. Don't watch anything on TV. I mean, and that should be a mental illness as well. It's part of a mental illness. All right? You can't stand this and can't stand that. You can't talk about this. And Well, then how are you going to help a victim? Because as an adult, that's what we're supposed to be doing. All right? Every day isn't therapy, all right? Uh, it's got to be hardcore where we're making a difference in people's lives or we're wasting our time. You know what I mean? This is my right? view. So we have a bunch of, as soon as you mention child abuse and, and fight for child's rights and, well, look, just that shooting that just happened, uh, we don't have to delve on that. But the moment that happened, all of a sudden the real victims became transvestites. Mm. How's that possible? I don't know. I didn't you know, know what I'm saying? That's, 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 that's what I mean. That's what I mean. That's the insanity we face today. It's insane. I know. All right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, the victims are the dead people. You know the little tiny children? You know the one pulling, trying to pull the fire alarm and save her yeah. friends? You know? Those yeah. are the victims. Not some weirdo mm-hmm. that wants to wear your your dress, Victoria. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's their prerogative in their private life. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But there's an example of what I'm talking about. When you come out with talking about mm-hmm. child abuse and whatever, you have to, this is the, the last month and this month, you have to be really quiet because they'll jump on that. They're the mm-hmm. only issue now. 
Mm-hmm. Three months ago, mm-hmm. the only issue was Black Lives Matter. Well, Trust me, I know. Ain't have to I say anybody's mass, life matter is a problem to me. <laughs> I, I, I mass put stuff out online, and I, I generally have been an investigative reporter for many years, so I can tell you there's a time mm-hmm. and place for everything when you put an issue out, and now is yeah. not the time. Isn't that sad when you would think any time child abuse should be coming out? Yeah. Anytime you can talk yeah. about it, it's and not you, true. We want to that April Child Abuse Awareness and Revenge Month, and um, there's a bunch of stuff in the NASA calendar too about things that are being that are happening, and uh, so you know NASA is uh, the awareness in uh, education, prevention, and intervention, and uh, you know I think that um, with most of us, you know, all just for sure on here. Uh, are, are promoting, and I put some stuff um, many times in the past on my own Facebook page, and have been told, "When are you going to stop talking about child abuse? When are you going to start telling us, stop telling us about your child, you know, your child abuse system, that and everything?" And you know, I was really kind of yeah. offended, and I didn't. I should be putting it on there, and somebody said, "You know, it's your page." You know, I went, "Okay, that's right. It is my page." You know. And uh, so then I wrote on there, you know, if it offends you that I'm putting uh, these things on my Facebook page, um, that, and this is something that's very important to me and close to my heart, um, back to take pictures of your food in place. Unfriend me, so I have to unfriend you. <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, um, next time to for, you, for go, go right really to settings. Uh-huh. Next time, go right to settings. Block them. You don't need them. You don't need them. Yeah. No negativity. That's what they do. They look for issues. That's what I'm talking about. Mentally ill are running wild, attempting to be the imaginary victim. So they get offended when they hear people talking about actually being victims. Because yeah. now you're taking their attention away. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they will put a negative comment on yeah. something that you said. All right? And that's what happens. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. Yeah. You don't need them. And, and really, you know, I really had a hard time with that at first. But then, you know, somebody said, you know, I'm going to focus on the, the positive things that people are saying about what you're sharing, or are you going to be focusing on the one comment that somebody makes that's like this really off the wall? You know? It's so much easier to just go on there and see that it's going to be negative and just lack the person and, and not just that fast because, if I sit there and ain't and, and get myself all upset about it, um, here's the thing. I'm not focusing on my, you know, my, my purpose, first of all. And they're getting they're getting what they want out of me, a reaction. Right? I'm not giving them that. I'm not giving them the power to react to, you know, oh, but you don't understand, you know, da-da-da, making excuses or, make, you know, trying to explain things and this and that. I don't do it anymore. I just scroll past stuff. You know, I've got too uh, much work to do for positive yeah. to be focusing on negative stuff, you know? Yeah. Just get, just get rid of them next, and then you move on. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. the issue I do with is them. what's important, mm-hmm. not not the yep. issues they want to make it to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I just scroll past anything and take what's useful. Like AA, you know, when I went in there, they said, you know, take what you like and leave the rest. And I said, I kind of like that couch over there. They said, that's not what we mean. <laughs> and my father said, other people's opinions of you yeah. are in your business. And I said, what? 
yes, they are. She said, you know, if you're focusing on worrying about what other people think about you and say about you, then you're not, you're putting all your attention and you're not focusing on your three or the things that are important in your life and how you're going to live your life. And I, I'll never forget that. She passed away about three years ago. She's the kind of person that even after they're gone, continues to teach you. You, you take the issues that are needed to get out there and campaign for those issues. You don't even yep. have to talk about yourself. I rarely talk about myself, and it would shock people, and they would do horror movies regarding what I've done through in life. But I, I, that's not the issue. I'm not triggered by anything, all right, except for ignorance. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I'm not triggered by anything but ignorance. I really don't like ignorance whatsoever. I don't care if they were poor. I don't care what the excuses are because I've already lived it, and it's all bullshit. Uh, so I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm tough love all the way in every aspect. You want to fix things? You want to fix yourself? Then fix other people. It's the way it works. Sorry, that's the way it works. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're triggered, go take some Superman medication or something or smoke a joint. Or have a, have a a shot of Irish mist and then get back into the fight so we can fight for rights here. <laughs> Cut it out with the weakness. Yeah. And the weakness. Well, I can't do any really not... alcohol. So that's all. I'll put in. <laughs> I got thirty weeks sober. I don't have nobody. <laughs> the weakness nobody is what can haunts... Nobody can make me that angry to drink for you. The weakness. It's not anger. You have a shot. That's medicine. You know. All right. Well, not alcohol, alcohol is not related to me in my life to anger yeah. and, and whatever else. I don't have an argument with somebody yeah. and then go, go get a, a shot of something. I'm talking about if you're triggered all the time, yeah. you know, uh, you, you know, where you, you're dysfunctional now and, and mm-hmm. suffering memory, that is impossible. If you're that weak, my God, you can't eat peanut butter or whatever else, you got to get put in a dome, a closed-in dome with a scientist and several nurses taking care of you. What it is is your weakness is not allowing you to stand up and fight. Cut it out. All right? Well, be honest I had a lot of weaknesses because I was, I was beat down to, to be weak. I mean, I couldn't speak yeah. up for myself. When I got away from my biological father, I could put three words together, you know. And I was locked up in the state hospital because I could not function. I couldn't stop shaking. I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't stop having flashbacks, body memories. I was a mess. I was locked up in the state hospital, given shock treatment, and, and uh, in a revolving door of psych wards. But you know what? I got a lot of help while I was in there. I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't. For, for the people that really did care about me, there were a lot of people that didn't. But there were a lot of people that did throughout my life. You know, I wouldn't be in the place I am today if it wasn't for those people. Because of those people, I want to give back, you know, some of the stuff that I was given. And I just, you know, pray every day that that I can find what was helpful to me and give it to somebody else. And that's, that's what I hope every morning when I wake up is their prayer, you know, please keep me safe today and help me to reach out and help one other person by one thing I say or do. And that, that's, to me, of living a good life. 
Well, that's you good to that you have that in your foundation. You know, mm-hmm. I look up in the mm-hmm. sky and just shake my head somewhat with disgust on my face. That we have no, to at least witness. A beautiful world with a beautiful universe. Please send me all the blood. we have to look yeah, at this others. terrible stuff that's going on, and, and uh-huh. we have to fight it. We have to yep. fight it. I don't, Sometimes I don't we look have for to God. To for I don't look for God to help because that's no, but I do business. look for things to be grateful for. You know, the I have two children holding, which is three things I didn't have ten years ago when I, I was living in Houston. I, I understand. But then there's the leaders. And leaders always do not, you know, the gods do what the gods do, you understand. What do you think all the bad is happening? That's all part of it. Because people right? have free will. They choose. Do bad things. There's a lot of different beliefs, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I shape mine from mm-hmm. experience, all right? Mm-hmm. The little children that just got killed, that wasn't because God was busy somewhere else. No, it's because right? bad people do bad things. It, it, it's human beings, humanity. We get back to that again, all right? They all want to be weak. They all want to be victims. They all want to be recognized and seen rather than other people that truly are victims and helping other people and building humanity. You know what I mean? So, you know, whatever God does, that's God's business. Mm-hmm. All right? It's not my business. Mm-hmm. Mine is just trying to work with nature and make mm-hmm. things happen, instigate mm-hmm. people, get them going, get them ready to fight, you know? Because you have to be up there. Let me give you an example. Where are the feminists now for female rights and women's rights and family rights? Yeah, Yeah. well, that's about it right there. That's all it is. Yeah, we got one or two people. That's nice. One or two people. Everybody came from the womb, yet all you guys are, are going, well, to each his own, about these weirdos saying the women... And the women saying they're men. You know what I mean? I don't think we should keep going back to that topic because that's not really about um, what I think we need to be addressing for child abuse awareness and prevention month. Oh, well, that's very nice then. So now I'm going to be dictated to by a whip, right? All right, you have a good night. No, no, that's not what I said. Come on. Come on. I don't want to dictate anybody. He hung up. I know he did. I just... That was inappropriate. I'm sorry, that happened. I keep talking about cross-dressing. Yes, I... uh, I think our show can uh, go on and be better than it was, maybe. Okay. You you have Thank a topic you. you want to address? Well, I did want to talk about um, the newsletter that we're going to start up again. Um, Amy Anna um, is another NASCA member. She's been a long time NASCA member, and her and I are working on a newsletter to start back up again. It hasn't been uh, April two two thousand twenty, maybe I don't know, somewhere in there. Um, was the last newsletter, so we're starting it up again this month. So there'll be one coming out. It won't be, you know, obviously it's the first world. And Bell said, like, to like the first, you know, 
week or after um, because all the other newsletters come in at the, you know, first. So I thought that was a pretty smart idea. Um, so we're also looking for, um, we want to um, do like uh, uh, different uh, stories. They have stories in there about, um, you know, survivors and uh, survivor professionals. We're also going to um, be having like poetry and artwork and and like that, if people want to submit it, that'll be in the newsletter as well. Oh, I'm glad. Oh, I'm so yeah, glad people can go to nasco.org website and, um, you know, contact. Well, my number is under the Minnesota Ambassadors, Victoria Kelly. Uh, or you can uh, email me, or if you go on uh, nasco.org, uh, you can sign up for the newsletter, and all our information is going to be on there. And where to submit stuff. So if you want to be on the Blog Talk Radio Show or if you want to find more about the support groups or if you want to uh, submit um, a poem or, or a, a wedding or a artwork, or, you know, like, uh, you know, like even what you do with, the, with your, um, your craft, you know, whatever people want to, mm-hmm. you know, send in. Of course, you can't put everything in there. So, you know, but we we need some stuff to fill the newsletter. We're trying to make it, you know, more appealing and interesting. So if mm-hmm. people have any ideas. And how about a that. pet column? A column for yeah, a pet? Yeah, we, we want to try to keep it to child abuse. Um, if, we can, if we can maybe do something around um, how our pets are supportive to us, you know, with um, being survivors. Hey, yeah. that would be a good one to do, you know. Um, and we're just trying to make it a little more interesting. So, yeah, anybody that's listening, if you have any ideas, um, if they could, um, you know, just, uh, well, people could, um, like I said, call me and I can give you more information as well. My number's on the NASCO website. We also okay. have the the Black Talk Radio shows five nights a week, and uh, I don't know. I wish I kept my uh, microphone on mute tonight, but I guess I didn't. So whatever. But anyway, um, I got a new little puppy, and she's a little Bashan, and uh, oh. I've been very busy, and that's really good for me, my mental health. I've been having health issues, and. Uh, I don't know. Um, I've been talking to other people. About, you know, I tried to take care of myself. You know, like as a survivor, I guess I just never really took very good care of myself because I guess I was never really taken care of. So very good. So anyway, um, yeah, I got some um, some um, heavy issues with with medical right now, but I'm. Uh, I'm calling, making doctor appointments, and, you know, I have to have a kidney biopsy and different things. And I've been, mm. I've been really scared about all the medical stuff. You know, and my, my first reaction is just to not do anything and, you know, just don't call the doctors and just do something just like go plant flowers. That's what I'm going to do, plant my seed to be ready to in the ground when it warms up. I'll <laughs> you in Minnesota, you know, but... I have to make mm-hmm. phone calls. So two calls today to um, two nutritionists, one for my kidneys and the other for my gastrointestinal problems. 
you know, I don't get into my medical issues, but the thing is, is that just, I tell you, just calling, make an appointment, setting up a ride, getting to the appointment, through the appointment is really exhausting to me. It really, mm-hmm. I really have to really do a lot of work on it. I'm just not yeah, good not at the you know, and then, and then you're not feeling good anyway, you know, on top of this hard emotionally to do. Well, I have a topic I would like to talk on. Not talk sure. on. I'd like to hear people call in and maybe yeah, talk about. Um, mm-hmm. I'll give the call-in number. That is 646 646- Five nine five two one one eight, and you can call in and ask questions and participate and uh, make comments. Just give us a call. You don't need any qualifications to give us a call. It's okay if you never called before. That's fine. And um, yeah, we'll be gentle. Okay, my my topic is this. I did something which I consider stupid or wrong or I can't believe I did it, that kind of thing. And now my brain is cascading on everything in my life that I've ever done that I thought was wrong or I should think is wrong or, you know, mm-hmm. um, all this negative crap is pouring in like little flashbacks of moments yep. of embarrassment and, and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm walking like going around sick to my stomach over it. It's just... Mm-hmm. And like, the only yeah, thing like I going can down think of to stop it... Mm-hmm. It's like going down a rat hole. <laughs> yeah, like you're yeah. Just, like out of control. It's just all stuff starts, yeah, skin, yeah. That happens to me a lot. That is what it's like. It's like a rabbit hole because it just keeps getting mm-hmm. more and more. One leads mm-hmm. to the next one. Yeah. 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 Those and are also the racing thoughts. Found... What was that? They're also called racing thoughts. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. But all the mm-hmm. thoughts are negative. Yeah. It's not like thoughts in well, general. It's yeah. like, and it's all past, too. It's all in the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't usually dwell in the past. I'm usually pretty good about, mm-hmm. you know, being in the present. Well, that's happened to me a lot. I've a hard time with this. Yeah? Okay, well, I can give you one suggestion. For me, because, like, this, this used to happen all the time. And I would literally have to stand there and tell, my, tell myself whether I had to say it out loud or not. You need to stop this. This is not helpful. And then I'd have to sit down with a piece of paper and write down as many things as I could think of that I've done that was positive in my past. First positive thing is sitting down with a piece of Huh? You write down the stupid things I've done or the good things I've done? No, I said the good things I've done. Okay. So I'd sit down with a piece of paper and a pencil or a pen or whatever. And, and the first thing I wrote down is that was positive that I've done is sitting down with a piece of paper and writing down positive things instead of thinking of negative things. <laughs> 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 and the first positive, 
know, stopping thinking negatively and trying to do something positive. You know, that's, that's just like how they titled the top of it, you know, so I could stay focused in case mm-hmm. it started getting negative again and go back to the title of what I was trying to focus on. <laughs> so that's for me. <laughs> I got to have that title up there. <laughs> what are you trying to do? <laughs> Uh, you know, and then, and then go, you know, hey, yeah, you know, I, uh, um, well, I, for a while there, I never thought of being graduated from high school. You know, I graduated from high school, you know. Um, I remember mm-hmm. when I was afraid to, uh, you know, put on uh, roller skates for the first time. And, you know, I learned how to roller skate, and I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I take risks. You know, be more general, too. Like, you know, I sometimes risks start take risks. You know, I have taken risks in the past. Just whatever you can think of that mm-hmm. that's positive. It doesn't have to be an exact memory that you can remember. But general too, you know. Like like you yeah. know, um I real well, did you see when with the wildflowers today? Uh, yesterday. Yesterday oh, was, was right. wildflowers. Okay. Well, that's yeah. one thing to live. I went out looked, you yeah, know, that's a good thing. Looked, to do. I looked at wildflowers. You know, I gave myself time to be with my whatever, just just positive stuff. You know, yeah. that's that's my. It, it's to stop that cycle of negativity that's coming at you. Yeah, right. And to be in nature, I think helps me too. Oh, I love nature. To get out of the mm-hmm. house, you know. Yeah, and and yep. you know one thing that helps me too is my m- mantra. I say a mantra in my brain, and it, yeah. it is this: I am good, I am happy, I am free from pain. That's it. That's a lot. <laughs> I know it is a lot. lot, and. I remember when I first started saying that, thinking I will never feel as though I'm good and happy, etc. But mm-hmm. now I do. I am yeah. good, and I am happy, and I am mostly free from pain. So yep. things can change. Things can get better for sure. They absolutely can, yeah. They absolutely can. And, uh, you know, I never thought that I'd have a... I'd have a yard that I could uh, make a meditation spot for myself, you know. And uh, that's wonderful. Incense, and I got. Of course, not now because it's snowing. <laughs> but it's still sitting down there waiting. So I'm like looking down there, wondering where I'll plant flowers and everything in my yard in this battle. And when seeds at the Dollar Tree, I'm at the Dollar Tree, and I'm going to start putting seeds up. Um. So that when the, the ground's on and I can plant them all in the garden and already have a good start, you know. Mm-hmm. Because we don't get to keep, we don't get to have flowers that long here in Minnesota. So it's nice when you can start them inside and, you know, and also that, you know, helping something to grow from a seed is pretty cool too. I love watching things grow from a seed. It's one of my favorite yep. things. I was studying in at junior college. I was studying um, ornamental horticulture. They called it plants. You know how to take care of plants. And and mm. my goal was to be a grower, to be one of those people under the high wires. You know they give them that little plot of land and they grow trees in it. I wanted to be that. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, we have a community garden over here, and I would like to get a, um, a little area this year because our yard, <laughs> I went out and picked up some of the dirt in my yard over where I was going to plant a garden, and it's like, it's ash. It's literal ash in our yard. <laughs> oh, wow. We've got, we've got grass out there. We've got a whole bunch of creeping chili, which I love because they've got purple flowers on them, and they're, they they grow over everything, regardless of whether it's ash. <laughs> but then we got we got grass out there. But then we also have, like, seven kinds of grass out there where there must have been patches that just kind of went dead. And they walk around the neighborhood and say, have any grass seeds? Have any grass seeds? <laughs> because it's all different kinds of grass in our yard just plunges here and there, you know. It's weird. Victoria <laughs> Bill has joined us on the line. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to click him in. Oh, wonderful. Hi, Bill. <clears throat> hey, how you doing, ladies? Hey there, Bill. How you doing? Hi. Um, I'm fine. I was just teaching uh, Amy Anna about the newsletter. Oh, cool! Yeah, we hour, mentioned but, that yeah. we're going to get that yeah. get that going again. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, she she seems to be, you know, very uh, capable and so forth, and thinks the software is easy, yeah. and it is. You know, that's why we picked uh-huh. it. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it is. Yeah. It looks real, real good. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you got the template for that. Yeah, yeah. So she's gonna, um, you know cobble together the first version and show it to me and I'll make a few changes and so forth and make some mm-hmm. suggestions and she'll, she'll learn mm-hmm. it in no time. It's simple. It's really sure. simple. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she knows how to operate a lot of that software that she did like to make up the programs for us and, you know, a lot of the stuff we did for us for the advertising and all that. So she knows how to do all that font stuff and all that. I think it's nice. Um, so I'm sure, she, sure she'll do an excellent job and, you know, um, she's always got images for me when I'm trying to do art, different, um, my different art projects and stuff, you know, and uh, good at researching stuff. We found a lot of information that we shared with other people that did resources. So I, I think that we're going to be able to pull it off. <laughs> and I did want to, again, to the people, if they want to get um, on the newsletter uh, mailing list, just go on NASCA.org. And uh, there's a place to uh, sign up for the newsletter. Okay, sign in. And, uh, uh, and the, there's a button that's it's, there's a newsletter button, and you, what it's asking for is your, your email address because that's how we translate the. I mean, that's how we send out the the newsletter. It's a simple thing, and you know, um, we we um, we have like. A, well, it's a little less than 2,000 people, I think, on the list. It can get as big as we want. The bigger it gets, I think the more <laughs> I think the more we get charged, the bigger it gets, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, there's a certain amount that you, that you can send out um, to, for the price we've mm-hmm. been paying. So this is, yeah. a, this is a service, you know, that we have to hire, obviously. Right. For the um, – yeah. So that's okay. We accept that. <laughs> Which brings me to another topic. Um, we do have a donation button on the NASCA website, and uh, we appreciate any donations. Every dollar helps, and uh, we do not get grants or government funding of any sort. Um, we, it's all by donations from your listeners and from anybody else who thinks NASCA is as wonderful as I do. 
<laughs> you can either give a one-time donation or month monthly contribution. It's all tax deductible because we are 5013C. I think that's what we are, aren't we? No? Pretty close. We're a C3. C3, okay. One, two, three. That's pretty close. Okay. You got close. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it counts in horseshoes, right? <laughs> and Adam yeah. Mom. No, it was, it's all great. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, it is tax, tax deductible. And uh, we just uh, um, could really use everybody's support, you know. And if you can't give financially, you know, um, your time is very valuable to us. And if you'd like to be a NASCA volunteer, you can also contact one of us and uh, find out how to do that. There's also a, um, there's, there's buttons for everything or con- connect things to everything on the webpage. Um, if you want to be a volunteer or um, find out anything more you can do to help out NASCA out, we, we always would love to have more volunteers. And that doesn't mean you have to sign up for any major thing. Uh, we've got some small tasks and stuff that you can do as well. And you can work with other people and just find out where you fit, you know, because um, everybody can do something. And if you want to, we will help you find something to do. <laughs> How's that? That's true. I'll always find something for people to do. <laughs> so be careful if you say you're going to volunteer. <laughs> well, some people volunteer for more than they can handle and then they get overwhelmed. So we want people to, well, that's, you know. That's very yeah. true. Yeah. 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 So we we just hope people that well you know that want to help out you know can know that that you know let us know if it's if it feels too much and uh, we can make it work you know we're we're all human beings doing the best that we can do and uh, Annie well, on there we just in anything. I'm sorry. Did you ask me something? Yeah, I was just wondering if you wanted to. Huh? Um, Well, I'm happily listening. And uh, I wanted to tell Bill what we were talking about, and maybe he has an idea for me and the problem I'm having. Can I do that, Bill? what's, uh, What's up? Well, I did something stupid, and now... All of my thoughts are about all the stupid things I've ever done in my life, and I'm so stupid, and I just feel so bad about myself. It's like just a whole cascade of of negative thoughts is falling on me, and I I want to get out of that and become functional again. Yeah, I think I would recommend that, but um, can I get a little more clarity on what it is you... um what I, what I did that was You're going through? Yeah, what are you yeah, going through? It was, yeah, it was, it was something that I was supposed to do for somebody, and I okay. did it wrong, basically. Oh. I did, it, I did oh. it wrong, and so, and I thought I was doing it right. And so I just felt really dumb and out of, you know, out of my depth. And, and I just, I usually have a good opinion of myself. Well, no, I don't. I think I'm just stupid. I can't do anything right. It just goes down and down and down. Well, you know what? None of us do a perfect job ever. You know, that's just, it's it's our sense of, oh, I'm not good enough, you know, that leads us to that conclusion. You know, somebody else would have done a different job. But you know what? 
you weren't experienced in this, I assume, and you volunteered to do it, and, you know, it didn't work out too well. I, I don't know these particulars, but I wouldn't hold myself um, too, you know, responsible for stuff like this. I do the best yeah. I can, and uh, sometimes I screw up. Sometimes I don't do so well. And that's part of doing the best you can, you know. Um, I guess what I've been feeling is I must not have done the best I could. But I, I did. I, I did the best I could. But yeah, then but I that's what I'm saying. Our brains, our brains tell us we're not good enough, that it's not good enough, that we made a mistake, that we could have done better, that people are unhappy with us, and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. It's just part and parcel of the trauma we go through, you know, you know that we um, come up with stuff like this. Most of us have very little uh, faith in our self-esteem. We have low self-esteem. And um, some of us have giant egos to go with it. That's a pretty dangerous combination. But, yeah. um, but, we, but we almost all have a low self-esteem, and, and it, tra- it tra- you know, translates in different ways. But... Um, Hey, we're, we all agree we're not healthy. <laughs> but years and years ago, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I went, I went. Yeah, uh, I used to be. Bit, uh, I used to be like this, like all the time, you know. Exactly. It was like my normal, yeah, very depressed. Mm-hmm. And, uh-huh. and, but now I don't, not anymore. So this well, is a new record. But at least you're recognizing when it's starting again and you're, you're trying to make a different, you know, outcome of it instead of getting sunk so low yeah. that you can't, you know, get out of it. And, I, you know, I just think that's great. And that's another thing you give yourself credit for. And like I said, get out a piece of paper and, and just start writing some stuff down that, that you have accomplished. And the one thing is, is that you took on something that you might not know how to do, but that, you know, you, you did your best. Tried. And... Did you learn from it? I mean, did yeah. What did you learn? I learned. What did you learn? Um, um, interestingly enough, I learned a lot about sexuality because mm-hmm. that was the project I was working on with a person who knew a great deal about it, and so I oh. learned that. Mm-hmm. And that was a wonderful thing to learn. I know I know a lot more now. So you can say, take something positive and away from it and and uh, you know, kinda of evaluate what what the person was asking you to do. And maybe it was just something that with the information you have you're just not capable of doing it, obviously. You know what I mean? You you didn't have yeah. all the information you needed to complete the, the task. Um, you know, it's like trying to put a puzzle together with um, 10 pieces of missing, you know? You can't yeah. blame yourself. Those pieces are gone. <laughs> Somebody stole them <laughs> or didn't give them to you in the first place, <laughs> you know? Um, you I know, always demanded we're good perfection. Yeah, yeah, we're good at beating ourselves up, but we're not real good at giving ourselves positive. At least I'm not. Yeah. You know, and I'm I to learn do that, how to what do you it. said, uh-huh. to write down... All my accomplishments. That will help. And I also, um, you know, when my kids were little, they had these little things I could order, and they were little round circles, and they had all these real positive things like, you know, um, um, you are a great human being, and um, um, 
I love you for just who you are and all these really great things, you know, and, and uh, you can be creative and um, I want you to have fun or whatever, just all these different things. So I pasted them all over the, the walls of my apartment for my kids, you know. But you know what? I think I got more out of it. You know, because I reparented myself while I was parenting my kids. Uh-huh. I was reparenting myself because <laughs> I got parented wrong. <laughs> so I reparented right. myself. Mm-hmm. So I was going through these stages with my kids. I was going through, like, reparenting myself through those stages that, that I got bad information and wrong information and outright lied to. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had a worker come over one time and I told her, told her, I don't know how to cook. I don't know how to cook. And I told people that before and they'd say, oh, well, some people aren't a good cook or, oh, I'm a really good cook. I can make this, that, the other thing, you know. And and nobody really was, like, supporting me at all with, you know. Well, I really wasn't coming out and saying I want to learn, you know. So anyway, she said, did anybody ever tell you to teach how to cook? And I said, no, my grandma shooed me out of the kitchen to get the hell out of the way. You're in my way. Get out of here. Get out of here. When I tried to watch, you know. And I wanted to learn, but, you know. She goes, well, how do you mm-hmm. expect to know how to do something if nobody ever taught you how to do it? And that's kind of how I live my life now. You know, if nobody taught me how to do it, do I, first of all, even want to learn? Second of all, if I do, how can I? You know, and third of all, even if I start something and I decide, you know, like maybe I'm going to make uh, um, lasagna, you know, and I get halfway through and I go, I don't want to make lasagna anymore. Well, I don't have to keep. I don't have to keep doing it if it's not making me happy or if I don't want to do it. You know, I mean, if I start a project mm-hmm. and decide it's not for me, we'll find something else that's going to make me happy. So you know, right. we're always changing. We can change our mind at any time, and we can change yeah. our belief system too. You know, just because we have a belief system doesn't mean we can't change it. But sometimes it's just yeah. acting our way into a way of thinking, or thinking our way into a new way of acting. <laughs> Say that a lot. I just wrote down in big letters, we can change our minds. Yes, anytime we want. Anytime we want. Yeah. Yeah, because we always have new, you know, if we're looking forward, we always have new goals or, you know, but just I think most importantly for me is just being happy with myself right where I'm at, no matter what, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, just I know that I'm doing the best that I can. And my best is good enough. Mm-hmm. Good enough for me, you know. And and I used to worry about what everybody else thought. And my AA sponsor told me, like I said earlier, you know, um, everybody else's opinion to you is none of your business. And I went, what? <laughs> of course it is, you know. <laughs> and it took me, it took a lot of talking through of that, just one concept, you know, for me to, figure out how to put that in my brain because I always was worried about what other people thought. So um, did we cover enough um, to satisfy you, Annie, what you started to say here? I I don't feel we did, but um, I just want to make sure you're okay. Yeah, I feel I feel a lot better after hearing what Bill has to say. And I wrote down about making the list of all of the things I've done. I'm going to do that after the show. I think that will help me. I really do. Mm-hmm. Okay. When I start not making like the that, list of the negative. 
Mm-hmm. What was that? I said, and not make a list of the negative stuff. There you go. Yeah. And if you find yourself, what I do is I keep, if I'm starting on a list like that, I keep it out somewhere. And then when I start thinking, maybe you start thinking negative again, you go back to that list, read it over and add some more. Mm-hmm. You know. Good idea. Ongoing thing, you know, that's kind of the gratitude list that, that we talk about in the program, too, you know. I tell people, you know, just write down three things. Try to find three things every day you're grateful for, you know. And they go, I got yeah. nothing to be grateful for. And they say, well, I'll give you the first day for free. What? I got nothing to be grateful for. And I said, how about food, shelter, and clothing? Write them down. That's yeah. three things that a lot of people don't have, you know. And I said, now, tomorrow you're on your own. <laughs> but think about those three things today, you know. Yeah. And matter of fact, we one girl so came in yeah, one girl came into Al-Anon, one lady came into Al-Anon and said she'd been going to Al-Anon for uh, 45 years. And she said the first time she came into Al-Anon, her sponsor told her to write three things she's grateful for every day. She said, I did that for 45 years, and I never repeated oh. one thing. And you're not oh, supposed wow. to say crap talk or talk to anybody while they're talking, you know? But I had to yell out, that's a lot of gratitude. <laughs> wow. Forty-five years, three things every day for 45 years, not repeating one. Yeah, yeah that would be hard, I think. Pretty amazing. Well, yeah. it's not when you do it in small pieces. I mean, just to look outside and, you know, the, the miracle of a tree growing in my backyard is like just so cool, you know. And I don't even have to go out and water it. <laughs> I didn't have to start it from a <laughs> That is a miracle. <laughs> you know, in its shade. You know, I mean, hey, there's a bunch of stuff you could be grateful for. Maybe I'll give out the phone number again, Victoria. We have about 23 minutes left. And listeners, if you'd like to call in and ask questions, make comments, the phone number is area code six. Four six five nine five two one one eight, and I'll answer the phone. Back to you, Victoria. Don't scare oh, me oh. now, Annie. <laughs> uh-huh. It would be nice to have somebody else join us, and it's pretty easy. You just dial the number and uh, pop right in here. Maybe you have something you'd like us to talk about, and we'd be happy to do that. Uh, you know, or some 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 uh, problem you're having, that's okay too. But um, we would love to have you um, join us here on the show tonight. We don't have anybody else, so we're all set for you, the three of us. Um, and it's very simple to do. So. And you're pretty Why lucky if you get to talk to Bill. Yeah, the founder is on phone. Or the founder is on yeah. the radio. Like Bell says, see on the radio. We <laughs> 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 said that I went, well, no, I thought Black Dog Radio was on the, on the phone. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> like all this technology, I just don't know where anything's going anymore. I can remember when I was a teenager, and me and my cousin used, you know, 
we'd go out on dates and stuff, and we said, wouldn't that be horrible if, you know, you answer your phone and our boyfriends could see us in the morning without makeup? (laughs) (laughs) And here we are today. (laughs) Matter of fact, my grandchild to me, Grandma, when when Luca was four, Grandma, where are my mom's pictures when when um, she was little on face on Facebook? And I said, Honey, they didn't they didn't have Facebook when your mom was little. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Hard to imagine. What would life be like? Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I've had a, a couple people today um, uh, call me and ask me about. Um, um, talking about just being like really, really overwhelmed, and uh, I was talking about this in the beginning about being really overwhelmed and uh, um, what to do, how to quiet your mind, or whatever. And I, I talked about prayer and meditation, and I says prayer to me is asking, uh, asking just for wisdom, you know, to get through a particular issue, and then meditation is listening for the answer, and I have to make sure I provide some. Um, space for myself, you know, away from other people, away from noise, things like that, usually outside or in my room. And um, so meditation is listening for the answers. And I believe everybody's got the answers within themselves. But we have to quiet ourselves down and give enough, you know, time to hear, you know, hear that. That inner voice is what I call it. And I always say, you know, my inner voice, I've shut off for years because it was usually how I felt about stuff and was told that I was wrong or stupid or, you know, shouldn't have those feelings or I took it wrong or whatever, you know. And uh, I've been doing a lot of thinking about uh, Child Abuse Awareness Prevention Month and um, I'm in the um, process of um, two women's studies professors from Oregon um, found, well, I self-published a book and just I, I took a picture of me when I was one years old, and I had already been sexually abused. And I wanted to make it look like I was going through a tunnel. I didn't know how to do it. So I was in a support group on um, MySpace, okay, so I'm dating myself there. And I was, you know, talking about my abuse and stuff. So anyway, I put a thing on there and said, I've got this picture, and I want to make it look like I'm coming through a tunnel. Because that's how I felt. I was like in the darkness coming through a tunnel toward the light. And so this guy did my picture and, and, and made it looking like I was coming through a tunnel. And I called the book uh, Journey Within, A Survivor's Story. And it was just about, I don't know, eight or ten of my writings that I had written. And I photocopied it, and I went to the Kinko's, and I punched out the holes. And I bought spiral binding, and I spiral bound them, and I sold them double the money I cost for all of the supplies. And I sold 90 and gave 90 away. And then I made a bunch more and gave away. And then email came out, and I just started emailing them, you know. And people were like, you're going to make a lot of money. And I said, you know, here's the thing. My point is not to make money. My point is so survivors can hear my story. Second of all, is there anybody that wants to help survivors to hear my story, you know? And third of all, for people that just want to read a survivor story, you know, and and it wasn't like, you know, a elaborate book or nothing. It was just that. And so, anyway, two, this one woman contacted me on Facebook and said, um, 
she'd like to help me promote my book. And then I said, well, it's really nothing. I just email it out now. And, and she told you emailed me. I said, sure. So anyway, her and this other gal are women's studies professors over in Oregon. And um, they asked me if um, they could write my story. Wow. I'm like, sure. So I sent them all my journals because I've tried to start my book in like a million different places. Like, you know, from when I was born, from when I was 17 in a psych ward and started having memories of why I was in the, why I was in the hospital every Thanksgiving and a certain incident had happened. That's why I was there every Thanksgiving. And then I started having memories of that. You know, and that's when I get into a lot of my new recovery. And, or do I start with this? There, I didn't know where to start it. I just kept starting my book and stopping and starting and notes here and there and everything. And I just threw everything in a box that was notes, sent it to them and said, I'm sorry, there's grocery lists and to-do lists in here. I said, but if I hadn't bought it by now or done it by now, just throw it out because I probably never will. <laughs> so I took all that. Yeah, they took all that, and she says, we've got an outline. They had three publishers interested. They've narrowed it down to a publisher, and it's going to be my story told to them. We did Zoom meetings and stuff, and then I've got two YouTube videos um, where um, I'm talking about being used in uh, prostitution for Human Trafficking Awareness Month and pornography, and uh, I've got a YouTube video on there for... um, when I was homeless out in Houston, Texas in 2010, how I got back to Minnesota, and then how I got back to Minnesota. But that was just me being out there. This, this organization came out with food and was giving it away to the homeless people out there. My friend came running in that I met out in the streets and came running, hey, Victoria, get out, get out here to give it away stuff. So I ran out there, and, you know, so they were videotaping it, so that's on there. And anyway, so she called me and said they got an editor um, involved now. And um, those two, and then me, and apparently uh, they have the they have the first chapter done. They have to just get um, the editor to go over it. They already got the publisher, and so now the publisher is going to drop a contract so that we can work out all the details. And so that's wonderful. She said, yeah, she said they just submit one chapter after another, you know, until the book's done, but. When she got all my information stuff, started reading it over and started writing an outline for the book, she goes, oh, we got more than one book here. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So it's pretty, I'm pretty, I'm really excited because, like I said, you know, and so said, steal your story. I said, you know what? They steal my story. It doesn't really matter because the only point of me wanting to write a book was to get my story out there. You know, if right. I get any kind of out of it. To me, that's just gravy, you know? I mean, that's just frosting on the cake, mm-hmm. you know? Because that is not where mm-hmm. my heart is. My heart is in getting my story out there, helping other survivors to know they're not alone. Because I tell you what, yeah. I don't know how many years I thought I was alone. Yeah. And there wasn't, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't NASCA. There wasn't, you know, call the um, rain. There wasn't call the better women's crisis line. There was none of that. Yeah, you know, and I know there's so much stuff out there now, but you know, and I also told my one of them include resources because I I'm afraid if somebody reads my book and gets, you know, gets triggered or feels like you know, boy, I could really use some help with my mental health or, <clears throat> you know, I'm a child abuse survivor and or whatever, you know, 
battered woman? What am I going to do now? Yeah. Or how can I get help, you know? And and to have some um, crisis numbers in there and some resource numbers. And I think it should be in the front of the book so that people mm-hmm. know it's there. I can way in the back, you know, we're like, oh, you're done with the book now, you know? <laughs> now we'll give you resources. You know, I think it needs to be somewhere in the front, even if it's a referral reference that it's in the back of the book. But mm-hmm. um, I want to make sure that, you know, that's in there so that um, that people that are struggling have, you know, somewhere they can get help because that's another big part yeah. of it, you know. Yeah. So what do you think about all that, you guys? <laughs> I well, want I to know think, whether Bill yeah. has written a book. That's no, what I want to know. No, no, no. No. Um, and I, you know, I uh, I appreciate that all, everybody has a story and I have a story. I've told my story um, plenty of times. I've written little short, you know, a few paragraphs about who I am, and it's enough to tell you my story. And, you know, I t- I'm, I'm, I'm an open, I am an open book, but I'm not interested in writing a book, I don't think. I never, I never have been attracted to that. Besides, I would, I don't have time to write a poem. Forget it. <laughs> you know. Um, no, there's plenty of you guys that have books, and that's great. You know, not everybody has to have a book. No, absolutely not. You know, and not everybody has to. You know. Um, um, speak out too. I know a lot of people say, well, you know, next step of healing is, you know, helping other people. But I think, I just want people to know that if you're a survivor of abuse, that that is a big accomplishment right there, you know. If you live a happy, joyful life, then then we are just so happy for you, you know. Um, if, if you want to help others, that's one thing. If you want to you know, um, go out and plant trees and that's what makes you happy. We're happy for you. You know, it's, it's just knowing that survivors are, you know, healing. That is the most important part. And whatever that healing journey looks for, like for you is the most important part, I think. Well, it's just, I don't, um, I don't have the time, as I said, and I'm not a typist either. I would have to hunt and peck, you know, every word. Your story, but you are doing all that you did for NASCA, and and I yeah. couldn't do that. You know, I mean, everybody's got their like I was saying before with the volunteer. Everybody's got what they're good at, you know, and uh, well, we need to get those yeah. Well, thank you. We I appreciate do. that. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah. No, no. There's, I, uh, and when I first look at that website, I'm like. How the heck did he figure out all this stuff to put on his website? Because, like, every time I click on something, it's, it's still to this day something new. Um, there's, I, you know, I don't know how long I know you, but I came to Minnesota in 2010, and I knew you before that. So maybe 15 years. And I still haven't seen wow. everything on that website. I still have not seen everything on the website. No way. And I just, well, you know, I asked him. It says, Bill, why can maybe he can answer when I ask the question. Hey, Bill, how'd you think of all those things to put on the website? <laughs> oh, I thought of more than that, but I, I don't have this again. I don't have the, 
you know, it, it would take extra people to, to, to participate that I could do more stuff. But that's okay. I, I did, I've done plenty. And for, for, for the most part, when people, you know, sort of weigh what's been done there, they're pretty impressed. And I'm impressed, you know, frankly, self-impressed, you know. It's okay. Mm. It's good enough, you know. <laughs> I'm it's not great. Trying to, um, win it. I'm not trying no, to win what I was is, What I was asking is what um, – what motivated you to put all the numerous amounts of things you have on the website? Because there's um, a lot on there. I, I, I really started very simply, but just kept adding and adding and adding things. Um, you know, and there was a time when, you know, sort of the, the website was as simple as a couple of articles, you know. Uh, uh-huh. But I, I had already had experience with the community policing website, which I had done a lot of stuff with that too. So the fact that mm-hmm. it was large, it, it, uh, the, you know, I mean that it became large didn't surprise me. LACP did too. You know, um, I just recently stopped uh, stopped um, adding to that site, at least the news and so forth. I I used to participate daily at my community policing site, and I wasn't getting any feedback from it. So I figured, well, people are not you know reading it and i'm not i'm not really active and i'm active over here so you know i yeah. stopped uh producing updates just a little while ago a few few weeks ago mm-hmm. and until then i had been i had been continually updating the website and sometimes most of the time daily since wow. 2002 it was it was my response to 9/11 you know uh-huh. uh, and that and that started out with a couple of Actually, I think I had no intention of writing a website, but I wrote a couple of articles because mm-hmm. I was in, um, I was a volunteer at LAPD. I was a member of the Community Police Advisory Board for my division. Um, I, I wanted to express how un, unhappy I was and, and that, that, that 9-11 had happened and how and why, some of the reasons why I think it happened and maybe how we could get out of it. And I wrote these articles that got a lot of attention. And I'm talking about, like, just on just on the regular Internet. I think they might have gone to uh, maybe somebody pulled them out and put them on a blog. It wasn't my blog. But somehow they got around a little bit, and people kept responding to them, so I, I just kept adding. This is exactly what I did. <laughs> and... And then I said, well, if they like them that much, I can put them together in one place and and have a website. So that's what I did, you know. And it was just a bunch yeah. of articles that I'd written. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from there, it was it was um, all kinds of other things that I thought would be useful to the community. And uh, the police community or the law enforcement community really responded. Uh, yeah. I also got really involved with, LAPD, and I went to almost every commission meeting. I was probably mm-hmm. the most informed civil mm-hmm. person, you know, community person mm-hmm. at one point. I had to be because <laughs> uh, I was I was in every everything. I had my fingers into everything. So that's how that happened. In pretty much the same way, um, when when I was tired of doing that and looking for something else, of course, I'd already been sharing a bit about. NASCA and I mean about NASCA topics, my my story and so forth, and uh, yeah. 
I just put them, I just put them on paper, not paper, but <laughs> I put them on yeah. silicone, <laughs> whatever this is. <laughs> and uh, I and then from there I just kept adding, you know, a feature here and a feature there and an idea here and an idea there. And um, I did work really hard, to be honest. Um, for the for the first uh, bit of time, I worked really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sure. then it started to have a life. I had a life of its own, and um, you know, I I was doing these these radio shows as part of it, and I was doing eventually the recovery group meetings at, uh, three times a week, and yeah, I I stopped talking. You know, I I originally started by going on radio shows and talking about either law enforcement or. Uh, the issues of child abuse that I'd gone through. And these were other people's shows. I didn't have a show, <laughs> but I right. I got a lot of attention again by, you know, by just dropping in. And I sometimes dropped into the same show multiple times. They got to know me, and you know, there we were. Yep. Uh, yep. It went it went off from there. Yeah. Mhm. No. When did you first start NASCA? When was the birth? The birth, um, the birth of NASCA. My mother died. <laughs> my mother, um, my mother was, um, you know, an elderly woman who lived in in a assisted living place, and that's why, since she was alone, that's why I started traveling to Florida. And um, you know, I was there for quite a few years. I was going back and forth between Florida and California, and I was spending half the time in each place. Um, I eventually got a, a small house and I rented that and I was trying to get her to move in. And um, he fell and when she fell, uh, she, 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 we decided that it was time for her to not come back home. She went to the hospital first, but not to come back to home to her apartment, but to go to an assisted living Alzheimer's unit. And uh, yeah. that's where she went. And, uh, you know, she got, um, he was wheelchair bound. She wasn't, she didn't have to be, but she wouldn't, she refused to walk anymore. She just, <laughs> and um, so when that happened, I launched NASCA because I knew that she would never know what I was doing. That's why I didn't launch NASCA before that. Uh, she wow. knew my story, but she, it freaked her out. And my father, too, they just, they didn't have any, any, way to contribute to my recovery or anything, so that's okay. Um, same thing with alcoholism. They didn't, they didn't help me there either, but anyway, um, I, had, I had made a promise a long time ago that if um, that I would not go pu- really public with my story uh, mm-hmm. of child abuse until my parents were gone. And so my father had died, my sister had died, and when my mother mm-hmm. got Alzheimer's, she was dead for a couple of years before mm-hmm. she died. But during that time, I launched NASCA. So, oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good story to be told. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of people wonder, you know, how, how different things started out. You know, they might have the final result, but they don't realize that there's a lot of, a lot of to take to get them going. You know, it doesn't oh, yeah. just, like, it doesn't just happen. <laughs> You know. Well, actually, you know, I know how to, I know how to get a, you know, a, 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 to reserve a URL in a particular.
particular name. I know how to, uh, you know, how to um, do some of the, some editing, some simple editing with software. Sure. I was doing editing with television shows, so a lot of that translated to, you know, to software oh. in a sense. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I just I, I'm self-taught, pretty much. Right. Right. That's that's a gift in itself. At this point, I've been doing it enough time to, you know, to not to not go too far because I, there are things I can't do. I can't do. Um, but to go far enough to, to offer people mm-hmm. the opportunity to heal, and that's all it is. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, we're but at the our, end our of time is almost up. right. Yeah, right. we're at the end of the show, and I want to mm-hmm. thank everybody for coming and uh, it's a week. And uh, thanks, Bill, for hopping on. And thank you, Annie, for being my co-host. You're welcome. And, uh, You're welcome, of course. We're going to play the little end of the song here. Good night, everyone. All right. God bless. Good night. Another tomorrow. Because that's gone.